All you did was teach affiliate marketing. All you did was run an affiliate program, but it potentially transformed the lives of thousands of kids. I didn't have to teach personal growth. I didn't have to teach people how to do anything grand. I just taught the one thing that I'm actually pretty good at, and it had that kind of an impact. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to The Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello and welcome to the Author's Corner. I am your host, Robin Colucci, and I've got a question for you. What do Tony Robbins, Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, Stu McLaren, Lewis Howes, Michael Hyatt, and Jeff Walker all have in common? Well, the answer is every single one of them has trusted our guest today, Matt McWilliams, to run their affiliate programs and coach their affiliate teams. Matt McWilliams is a four-time affiliate manager of the year, and he helps online business owners make money as an affiliate and leverage the power of affiliate partners to grow their businesses. He is the host of the Affiliate Guy podcast, which is the number one affiliate marketing podcast where you can find affiliate marketing news, tips, and strategies to take your online business to the next level. And Matt's upcoming book, Turn Your Passions into Profits, The Proven Path for Building a Rewarding Online Business is launching this January 2023, and it offers step-by-step guidance for turning your passions into a profitable and lasting business. And what you are about to hear in today's episode is not only an incredible story of how Matt got into this really interesting work, but Matt is going to outline for you a few of the top tips that you need to know to have a successful affiliate marketing experience. And really, it goes beyond affiliate marketing. I'd have to say, and I'd like to know, I'd like to hear from you if you agree after listening to this episode, that Matt's tips apply to you achieving greater success in your business through any efforts that you make. So I hope that you will enjoy and benefit greatly from what Matt has to say. Do let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Matt, welcome to the Author's Corner. Hey, thanks for having me, Robin. I am so delighted to have you because your expertise falls right at the heart of something that every single author needs to be thinking about is affiliate marketing. What a powerful tool that can be with marketing your book and other things. And as our listeners have heard from your intro, you've certainly worked with a litany of people who've had tremendous success as authors, as well as many other aspects of thought leadership. And so before we get into the nitty gritties of real applicable advice, I'd love to have you share with our listeners a little bit about your background and how you even got to where you are now. Oh my gosh. Uh, the Grateful Dead song, uh, Oh, what is the name of the song? Trucking. So <laughs> what a long, strange trip it's been. And right. it really kind of has been one of those. 
It is a long story. I mean, it's 20 years ago, I got into online marketing by accident. Never in a million years did I think I would do anything online. Never in a million years did I think I would be a businessman. Never in a million years did I think that I would do anything other than when I was young, be an astronaut. When I was a little bit older, be a basketball player in high school and college, play golf. That okay. was my thing. Like, well, how did I pick the University of Tennessee? Because I had a great golf team and a great golf facility. And uh, that was my thing. Once I was going to play on the PGA Tour. And and I always preface this by saying, please, nobody take offense to this. I'm telling you the words of a 17-year-old boy and 17-year-old boys, as we all know, are idiots. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say this, my 17-year-old son's probably going to be an idiot at that age. You know, right. we, we mature late. And my friend Hunter and I, we grew up playing golf and we both went to college to play golf. We just swore up and down. We were not going to be one of those people who grew up playing golf and then later in life gave up on our dream of playing and taught old ladies in purple sweaters how to play golf. That was our thing. Right. Old ladies in purple sweaters. Right. <laughs> sure enough, about five years later, I'd played professionally for a couple of years. I was teaching these golf schools with my dad. Now we had about two, three people show up each weekend for these golf schools. They're paying two to $3,000 a piece. I was 22 split halfway with my dad. That's a lot of money, but I was like, dad, mm. what if we got more people to come? He's like, well, how are you going to do it? I'm like, I don't know, like online marketing. There's this website called Google, you know, <laughs> and like you go in, you like put in keywords and I've used it a few times to search for things. I was still on dial up internet. All right. Wow. I'm not joking. Like I was still, I didn't get DSL until a year after I started this venture. So I wow. did this whole thing with dial up internet out wow. in the country. All right. I lived out in the country yeah. and got online, this thing called this website called Google. And we were bidding <laughs> on these keywords. Now I would spend 10 cents a click. This is not replicatable today. Right. I would spend 10 cents a click. We convert one out of 200 people into a two to $3,000 sale. Now, what I teach, and I teach that, you know, in my book, Turn Your Passions into Profits, we talk about all in step three and four. You need to build an email list. You need to grow an audience. You need to nurture that audience, build community, become the hero to your audience. We didn't have that back 20 years ago. Sure. You came to my site, you did one of two things. Number one, you gave me two to $3,000. Number two, you left. Right. That was it. <laughs> no free download, no lead magnet, right, no, right, opt -in, right. no nothing. But luckily about one out of 200 people gave us two to $3,000. And I'll never forget late January, early February, 2003, I am sitting there in the middle of an ice storm in North Carolina. If you know anything about North Carolina, when there's oh. an ice storm, what that means is nobody does anything. All no, right. Nothing. We sit at home and watch TV. Now don't judge yeah. me. I was 22, 22 year old male. And I was watching an Alan McBeal marathon on FX all day long. I watched 15 hours of Alan McBeal. It's the only time I've ever watched a show in my life, actually, was I watched all 15 episodes I've ever watched in one day. And I had a ding set up on my computer that told me when a oh, sale was made. And it, yeah. sure enough, I'm sitting there eating oatmeal or whatever in the morning. I hear a ding. A couple hours later, a ding. I'm eating lunch, probably a Totino's pizza, a ding. Mid-afternoon, a ding. Now, seven times, Yeah. average wow. transaction, $2,500. Seven times I made whatever the math is eight nine thousand dollars in a day split right. zero with my dad got the other eight or nine thousand dollars. I haven't left the house. I hadn't even gotten on the computer and done anything. It was just ads that I'd set up days weeks before, and I made eight or nine thousand dollars at the age of twenty two watching Alan McBeal. Like, oh my gosh, this is a right. dream. true. You know how is this even possible? There's a big problem though, and the lesson that I learned that day. I'll get to the problem in a second. The lesson that I learned was, okay, there's something to this online marketing thing. This is possible. This is feasible. This is not a fad. So we were still in that phase where, I don't know about this online mm -hmm. thing. Y2K wasn't real. The internet's probably going to go away in five years. Well, it didn't. Newsflash, you know. And the problem was though, I hated teaching golf. 
Ah, I was not passionate about that. I hated that aspect. I love the marketing side. I loved getting on and bidding on keywords and tweaking ads and tweaking the landing page. And if we could go from one out of 220 to one out of 200, that meant we made $10,000 more a year. And if I could get that done to 180, we'd make another $10,000 more. If I get that in the 160, we're making $40,000 more. These are the type of things that I was learning at a very young age. And then one day we had this golf school. Suddenly we got six, seven people showing up on a weekend. I'm making seven, $8,000 in a three-day weekend at the age of 22, paying my mom two fifty a month in rent. Yeah, nice. Um, <laughs> and then I had a lot of money to do stupid stuff with. <laughs> so yeah, I had a lot of- Best thing for a 22-year-old. <laughs> I had a lot of sneakers. We'll put it that way. I had like 80 <laughs> pairs of And I'm not even a sneaker. I just had too much money. You know? right. <laughs> and so apparently you're supposed to go to the bank and invest it. Well, I didn't do that. So I'm like, let me just go buy more sneakers that I'll never wear. Anyway, there one late one day, and I kid you not, about a 72-year-old lady in a lavender sweater walks up. <gasps> and I had my flip phone with like the 0.2 megapixel camera. And I took a picture and I texted my friend Hunter that I talked about earlier. Now, when I wrote the words, kill me now, a good female friend, and you know this, Robin, you would literally call the person. You'd say, oh, honey, I will get on a plane and be there tomorrow. Right. I'll send you a casserole. I will put my virtual armor up. I'll give you a big <laughs> hug. I'm here for you, sweetie. What do you need? Your life is over. You're going through a tough time. But like a good male friend, he texted me back and said, ha ha, sucks to be you. <laughs> so, but that was that moment when I realized and my dad realized I was not cut out for that, but I had discovered what I was cut out for. So mm -hmm. it's been 20 years now that I've been in the wow. online marketing world, all because I was running those golf schools and wanted to make a little bit extra money. Isn't that incredible? I love that story. What a great story. So how did you get from doing that just for your dad? Obviously, at some point, somebody else saw what you were doing. How did that yeah. go down? Well, the aforementioned Hunter, about two years later, we decided to start a business together. Wow. And fast forward about eight months from there, we were about ready to go out of business because we didn't have money to pay payroll in two weeks. Wow. We basically cut the checks for you know our four employees. And we were like, well, we got enough money to pay one of them. Which one's it going to be? You know, we got to lay off three people. And we were literally, I remember it was a Saturday morning, Memorial Day weekend, 2005. I'm supposed to be at cookouts. I'm supposed to be doing fun things, getting sunburned, kind of relaxing all weekend. Instead, we're sitting there on a Saturday morning, basically doing the equivalent of figuring out how to fund a business by digging through your couch for change. We're like, well, if we do this, we'll make $50 and this will make 25. And finally, I'm like, guys, I read about something called affiliates. You know, like affiliates, they're like people who promote your business. I don't really know, but it's something like that. I spent that entire weekend, Robin. I'm supposed to be at cookouts. Yeah. I'm supposed to be enjoying my time. I barely left the office. I think I went home like five hours a night and slept. I'm not entirely sure I showered. Right. <laughs> I know yeah. I didn't shave. I showed up Tuesday morning really excited. Oh my gosh, like we're going to save the business, but I looked like a homeless person. All right. right, right. <laughs> and probably smelled like one too. Right. And so, but I was, we're going to do it. We're going to change the world. Right. And sure enough, over the next couple of weeks, we made just enough money to make payroll and fast forward about 18 months later, we're doing over a million dollars a month for our affiliate program, all from stuff that I kind of invented because nobody was teaching this stuff back then. There was no affiliate guy podcast. You know, there was no Matt McWilliams. It was just one blog post on a forum where I learned like three things and just the rest okay. made a bunch of mistakes. Just and, stop for yeah. a second. Go back. You <laughs> went from what to what in how long? Uh, about 18 months went from no affiliate program to doing over a million dollars a month. It was a typical line, you know, it was just a line like that. It was the first week we did a couple thousand. The next week we did a little bit more. 
about a month and, later, and you we were, were doing, selling your own services at that point, or we were in the financial sector. Yeah, we were selling insurance leads, and oh, so. Okay. Yeah, an industry that I don't know the first thing about. I knew the marketing side. But yeah, I mean, I became the affiliate manager. And there's a story in there I'll tell real quick. It's not in the book, but it's kind of a story about... I just finished listening to a book called Great by Choice by Jim Collins. And one of the things that they analyze is like, how do great companies take advantage of luck? And how do they persist through bad luck? And they actually studied how he does their studies is there's like a comparison company And that there's like the company that did well in the comparison company, companies that started where the comparison company was either equal to, or even had an advantage over the company they're studying. And they looked at it and the comparison companies had almost an equal number of good luck events and an equal number of bad luck. In fact, they had slightly more good luck events. It was like 2% more and they had like 1% less bad luck events. So actually they had a little bit worse, better luck than the good companies, right? But pretty much the same. And he said something, it was like, it wasn't about whether or not they had luck. Everybody has luck. Everybody has good things to have, things that are out of your control, laws that pass, pandemic, recessions, people getting elected, all these things, wars, like all these things are out of most businesses control Mm -hmm. and the weather, all these things are out of our control, but it's how we react to them. And we had an event about six months in, I built it up to about a hundred thousand dollars a month. We're now rocking, like we were paying ourselves, we were paying ourselves like $2,000 a month, which was at that point, I was like, oh my gosh, I can eat something other than pizza rolls. Right. Um, I don't have to go get the buy one, get two free at the grocery store stuff anymore. I can eat it Taco Bell once a week. You know, it was amazing. Right, right. <laughs> and so we were there and our biggest competitor got bought by a publicly traded company, a multi-billion dollar company. And we went, our first reaction was what everybody's probably thinking. Like, right we first thought of was like, they can go spend so much money on ads and they can pay the affiliates more that they could put us out of business. They could afford to lose a hundred million dollars over the next year just to put us out of business. Right. Yeah. And we're like, guys, we're done. I don't know how to compete with this. And I said, after about admit, five, six days of me just going, this sucks. Why God, did you have to do this to us? What did we do to deserve this? This uh-huh. isn't fair. Right. I admit I spent like four or five days doing exactly that. Uh-huh. And then I just had this random thought. I kid you not, I was taking a shower and I had this thought. I was like, wait a minute. Ooh, what if we did this? What if we reached out to all of their affiliates? And I said, hey, you may have heard that such and such got bought by so-and-so. I won't mention the names, but they got bought by this big company and they have a reputation of treating their affiliates like a number, not a person. I took a screenshot of one of their emails and it signed the so-and-so team, the name of the company team. (laughs) My emails are signed Matt McWilliams. Affiliate manager, here's my cell phone number. Mm. Text me or call me anytime. Mm. And so I sent this email to all of their affiliates and I basically said, Hey, I'll just level with you. I can't pay you more. Yeah. Cannot pay you more than them. In fact, in some cases, I'm going to pay you less, but here's the deal I'll get on a call with you anytime. I'll strategize with you. I'll do anything I can to help your conversions. We'll white label pages. I will do whatever it takes to get your business, basically. Mm. In a matter of about 90 days, from about 100,000 to over $400,000 a month from a perceived disadvantage. And that's something I write about in the book. Like, how do we take advantage of disadvantages? But again, because we all have things, you know, Sylvester Stallone was born with that. He was paralyzed in the left side of his face. That's one of the things I write about in the book. And it's in the context of, the context is like, we don't see ourselves as experienced enough to build a platform that people will care about. We don't see ourselves as the experts, people with letters after our names. And I write about Sylvester Stallone having that, again, the left side of his face is completely paralyzed. Peter Falk had the glass eye. That's why he had that, like the Columbo squint. Arnold Schwarzenegger comes into the American movie market 
and he talks like this and calls right. it California. But if he had said, I'll be back. Right. That. <laughs> that would not be an iconic line yeah. Yeah. if it wasn't for the fact that he had that amazing Austrian accent. Like, I think he even said in a, in an interview, like I'd still be yodeling in the Alps if it wasn't for that. Bono, we look at him like, whoa, what a pretentious person always wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Reality is he has glaucoma. That's why he wears sunglasses, but we see him and he's, it's Bono with the sunglasses, you <laughs> right. know? So like, how do we take advantage of those things? Those yeah. are the types of things that we need to do in business and in our platforms as well. Yeah. And you raised a great point because something that we deal with, with our clients right off the bat is what is it specifically about the angle that you want to write about that mm-hmm. is unique, right? So that you do stand out from the crowd. And yeah. what do you have to say that's contrarian to so-called conventional wisdom? Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's very much aligned with what you're saying. Do you work with your clients on identifying those kinds of things as well? Or how do you start when you're working with somebody? What's your starting point? You know, for us, I mean, it varies depending upon where they're at. In the book, we take them through the whole process. So some people are a little bit ahead of the starting point in the book. Some people are a little bit behind. Mm -hmm. It all starts with first with just getting clear on who you help, clarifying who you help. You know, the book is called Turn Your Passions into Profits. If you're going to do that, you know what you're passionate about. When I first got started in my business now, you know, 12 years ago, I thought my passion was leadership and personal development because I like those things. I'm into those things. But nobody was coming to me saying, Matt, can you help me with my leadership? Can you help me with my personal development? They were coming to me saying, hey, Matt, can you help me start and grow an online business? Yeah. They were coming to me and going, Matt, you got to teach this stuff. You've helped all these people grow their businesses. You helped all these people with their affiliate programs. You're working with all these amazing people. You got to teach this stuff. And I'm like, but I don't want to be the affiliate guy. You know, it's a funny thing. The, the name of my podcast is The Affiliate Guy, right? And <laughs> now the it. thing is, here's the story behind that. I spent so long saying I didn't want to be the affiliate guy. Wow. Careful. (laughs) I wish I could say that when I named my podcast that I knew it would become the type, I get emails every week. So-and-so you got to meet Matt. He's the affiliate guy. He'll help you with your, I wish I could say, oh my gosh, I was such a smart marketer that I'm going to name the podcast that, and it's going to be the thing that people recognize. Right. Right. I wish I could say that we were going to end up with really cool shirts and all those things years later. (laughs) I was not that smart. The reality (laughs) is I named my podcast, the affiliate guy, because Right around the time when I was telling everybody, I don't want to be the affiliate guy. I want to do something bigger, more important. And then there's a valuable lesson here for people. Mm-hmm. You think, well, my niche doesn't matter. What I'm teaching people doesn't matter. What I'm writing about doesn't matter. My books aren't on topics that are going to do anything to change the world. All I really know is affiliate marketing, running affiliate programs, building an online business, affiliate management, like that, how to make more money online. That's, that's all I really know mm. that is of service to anybody on earth. I have a lot of other useless knowledge. I'm great at Jeopardy. That doesn't really work. <laughs> but here's the deal. About three weeks before my friend Dana Abraham's launch, I was on the phone with her and I could just tell like she was really struggling with the affiliate side. I was like, Dana, do you need help with your affiliate program? I can help you. I'm not promising I'm going to like 3X your results or anything, but I can help you at least take the stress off. And she said, absolutely. Please, could you help me? I said, sure. So for the next couple of weeks, we helped her with her affiliate program. It went great. I coached her affiliates. I strategized with them. I inspired them and motivated them. And she went from doing about $125,000 launch the time before to a little bit over $300,000 when I helped her. Fabulous. Yeah. She had one affiliate whose goal was five sales that did over 40. She had another who'd wow. done zero the time before who did 17. Their top affiliate went from 30 to over 60. Of course, my first thought 
My first thought, Robin, is I'm an entrepreneur. So who did I help? Other entrepreneurs. I helped Dana make over twice as much money. I helped that person make five times more money and that person make eight times more and that person make 17 times more. And I helped entrepreneurs. Yay, that's awesome. And then a few weeks later, I'm walking down the stairs and we just had one of those bedtimes with the kids. If you've got kids, you know, they're like, when you have multiple kids, usually bedtime, I don't know for us, about 60% of the time, they end up either getting into a fight or (laughs) doing something bad to each other. And then they're arguing and then one of them's yelling and the other one's blaming them for this. And then he hit me. Well, she called me stupid. And it's like, you know, one of those things that's bedtime, right? Because they're together in a very small space. But we had an unbelievable bedtime. The kids were nice to each other. They were like cuddling with each other and they were so <laughs> loving. It went fast without being rushed. This yeah. wasn't like, a, guys, get ready for bed. No, 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 come on, come on. It was just, it only took 35 minutes. So it didn't feel like it took forever. They brushed their teeth, flossed their teeth, got in their jammies on. We read, we prayed with them. We went to bed and it was like, it was amazing. And I got halfway down the stairs and I went, oh my gosh. See, Dana had a course called Calm the Chaos that helped parents in chaotic situations. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I said, there are hundreds of other parents having this same experience tonight because I taught people affiliate marketing. Uh, Yeah. All I did was the thing that I'm the best at, the thing that I'm gifted at, the thing that I'm called to teach, but I never thought it would have that kind of an impact. And so I went, okay, you know what the name of my podcast is going to be from this moment forward? I hadn't started yet. I said, my brand is going to be the affiliate guy. And it has nothing to do with branding or I I thought it'd be a great idea because it turned out to be great. It was a constant reminder to me every day, every time I see the logo, every time I do the podcast, anybody emails me, it's a reminder of that experience that I felt on those stairs. They said, you know what? All you did was teach affiliate marketing. All you did was run an affiliate program, but it potentially transformed the lives of thousands of kids. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to teach personal growth. I didn't have to teach people how to do anything grand. I just taught the one thing that I'm actually pretty good at. Yeah. And it had that kind of an impact. So that's why that's named that is a reminder to me of that. I have to say, I can totally relate to what you're saying because we help world-class experts write world-changing books, right? Yeah. And sometimes I call myself to myself, the world's secret Santa, because no one would ever know and literally several of our books have literally helped save lives. That's amazing. Um, yeah. You know, especially in the health and medical yeah. arenas. And I really enjoy the fact that no one would ever know unless they read the acknowledgments that I had anything. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. kind of my little secret way of helping to make the world better. So I totally can relate it's, to it's, it's a wonderful feeling. It's a wonderful you know, the lesson there. I mean, you got to get clear on exactly who you help and how you help them. Mm -hmm. One of our clients, I read about this in the book, his name is Adam Lean. And so step eight is to champion their cause, right? I'm sorry, step seven is to champion their cause. We want to become the hero to our audience. And he's like, Mm. dude, I teach accountants how to make more money and work less as an account. How's that being a hero or a champion? I was like, well, you said, when we first talked, you shared the numbers with me. What do you do for accounts? Like, well, they make, they increase their income by 37%. And they work eight less hours per week. And I was like, okay, so forget the 37% more income part, which is kind of cool. I said, why don't you go ask their kids who get to spend eight more hours with daddy each week Mm -hmm. if what you're doing is heroic or not? Mm. Why don't you ask the spouse who gets a date night every week with her husband or or their wife? Most of his clients are male. So I'd say Mm -hmm. typically it's going to be their husband. Why don't you go ask the spouse who gets a date night every week, even during tax season, if what (laughs) you're doing is heroic? Why don't you go ask them? Why don't you go ask the kids who their dad gets to come to all their games now instead of half of them? 
if what you're doing is championing their cause. You work with accountants. To me, the most boring industry on the face of the earth. I'm not your target audience. You know, <laughs> right. I said, you want to tell me that what you do is not heroic? And he's like, yeah. oh my gosh, you're right. He's like, it's a totally different mindset shift when you realize that in any niche, mm-hmm. what you're doing can be heroic. What you're doing is a cause. And if you're the champion for that cause, it's powerful. So what you're doing, and I don't mean this as an insult. I mean, you'd probably be the first to admit, Robin, right? Like all you're doing is just using your skill set. Like you're teaching yeah. people how yeah. to write better books and sell, but like, that, like if you think yeah. about it in the scheme of things, right? it's not that big. Like you didn't discover yeah. a cure for cancer. But no, I maybe didn't. And just it, maybe not you'll help the person uh, who did. Yeah. And it's not a very photogenic skill either, you know? <laughs> so yeah. I mean, it's, it's not. It's just like when you say what you do compared to, again, astronaut. Right. It kind of sounds boring. But what you're doing is having an impact. It's just a down the line impact. Yeah. Because the reality is we can only work with a limited number of people. Exactly. And that's why I wrote the book is it's something that can now reach tens of thousands of people rather than hundreds of people. But the reality is when I work with those hundreds of people, they help thousands of people who help thousands of people. All of a sudden we're at millions. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're having an impact. It's leaving a dent in the universe. And I'm going, okay, that's where it's like, it's mind blowing. We helped Tony Robbins get an extra 125,000 people on his challenge. And I'm going, yeah, I helped in marketing. I helped people get, you know, like if you think about it, if I look at it that way, I'm like, what I did was really not that important in the grand scheme of things, but I'm going, wait a minute. No, that's 125,000 people of those 42,000 people showed up. And of those, the statistics show that 21,000 people are living at least on some level, a better life right now. It's 21,000 better dads, moms, spouses, employees. And I'm going, Hey, if you change 21,000 lives, you can't tell me that doesn't just completely alter the course of the world. It does. Right. All I did was give them advice on how to set up a better affiliate program. And that's all I did. I'm getting the sense that this might be something that you had to coach your clients on, right? Like more than just the accountant. And that can you explain for our listeners why it's so important to understand your heroic role when you are building an affiliate program? Because I have a feeling that there's something really important in there. Well, I mean, it's above and beyond just building an affiliate program. I mean, it's everything that you do in your business, embracing that heroic role. And so again, in the book, we talk about like championing their cause, right? We got to make sure that we understand them. We have to be able to relate to our audience. They have to know it's okay to be in their shoes. Mm. There's nothing wrong with their struggle. This is a big key part here. Like there's nothing wrong with their struggle. It's actually normal. Mm -hmm. You actually had the same struggle. One of the stories I write about in the book that I just love is my friend, Alan Thomas. Alan is a weight loss coach. Three and a half, four years ago, Alan weighed 304 pounds. Wow. Nine months later, he weighed 175. Here's the thing. Alan was almost 60 years old when he did that. He had been overweight or obese for over 40 years. That's incredible. He's not the kind of guy who just put the weight on in the last five or six years and went, oops, he didn't have a surgery that caused him to gain. No, it was none of that. He had always been that way. And finally, one day he's like, I got to change something. And he tried some things and he found what worked for him. And now he teaches other people and his clients come to him and they say, Alan, the reason I finally, I've been overweight for 32 years. I've been overweight for 26 years. The reason I finally decided to work with you is because you've been there and you've done that. You're not the guy who's been fit since he was 18 years old. Mm-hmm. You know, like how boring is that? Right. <laughs> really, have you ever struggled with that? Uh, no, not really. But I can tell you, you should eat this, this, and this and do these. Extra. Really? You don't know what it's like. They said, Alan, you know what it's like. And he's had clients. Me as one client, I saw a picture of him the other day on Facebook. Oh my gosh. 
guy's name is Sean. He was 460, 470 when he started working with Alan. He's down to like 275 right now over the course of about a year and a half. And he's in an industry where he's like winning all these worldwide awards for the company. And this company has like 50,000 employees. Everybody's heard of this company, right? They're in the hospitality industry and he's winning all kinds of awards. He's been promoted like twice in these 18 months. And if you think about it, the first promotion happened after it only lost like 50 pounds. Reality is you go from 470 to 120, it's not exactly that big of a deal. Right. The confidence that he was developing and the way that it was changing him on the inside. And you think all he's doing is helping them with the system that he developed because he woke up the scale and went, I'm done. Yeah. So they have to know that you understand them. And then Mm -hmm. secondly, we walk our clients. So you've gotten this, it's all in the book. You've got to ease their fears. You've got like, when people are scared, it is almost unimaginable that anything could provide a solution to what their problems are. That's what fear does to us. It completely paralyzes us. Prior to 2000, prior to March, roughly the first week of March of 2000, I always talked about the Great Depression. When I talked about this, when the Great Depression hit and everything was happening economically in this country, the whole country was paralyzed. We just didn't see any way out. Mm -hmm. It didn't matter what we did. Why do I need to go get a job? It's not going to matter. Why do I need, like, I don't need to do anything. And then of course we had COVID and for a period of time, right or wrong. I'm not like, this is the thing. This is like not a political statement. Like it's real easy to look back in retrospect and go and say about one side or the other and go, you overreacted or you underreacted. Mm -hmm. No, how people react to a situation is how they react. Mm -hmm. It's their truth. Mm -hmm. Some people didn't think it was a big deal. Some people were paralyzed with fear. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean either side was wrong. It's just how they reacted. It's how they internalized an external event. Mm-hmm. And I think just as a side note, if we as human beings can embrace that, we wouldn't hate each other so daggone much, but that's a whole different story. Right, right. <laughs> and so here's the deal. Some people were paralyzed with fear. They couldn't go look for a job. They couldn't go buy the new house. They couldn't lose weight. They couldn't get their finances in order. Not necessarily because of anything that was happening economically, but because something was happening externally that paralyzed them. And the sooner you can ease their fears, the sooner your followers will begin to feel hope that there's actually a solution. Mm. And then the third thing that we walk them through is absolving them from blame. Like Mm. the people that you're talking to, your audience, they feel like there's something innately wrong with them, right? This it's an inborn fault that is preventing them from overcoming the problem they face. Why can't they lose weight? Because there's something wrong with them. Why can't they quit smoking? Because there's something wrong with them. Why can't they be successful in business? Because there's something wrong with them. Why can't they be a better dad? Because they're messed up. And there's a point where you have to say, you know, you need to take responsibility, mm-hmm. all right? But your job initially is to take the blame off your followers' shoulders to just free them from the guilt and shame, all right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that like I give an example in the book, I talk about a client that we wrote some copy for them and basically it, I'm probably going to butcher this, but it's like, it's not your fault. It's a company that teaches golf instruction, right? Ironically, of course, (laughs) (laughs) it's not your fault that you can't get rid of your slice. Unfortunately, the golf industry wants you to think that you got to buy the latest $600 driver. You got to sacrifice your weekends. You got to practice for hour and hour, but this is simply not true. You've been lied to, you've been misled, and I'm here to get you on the right track. Right. And then fourth, you got to spark their imagination. The two words I always use, like our clients just use these two words. What if? What if you could get in the best shape of your life without giving up all the foods you love or working out three times a day, right? What if you could find your dream job and love your work without taking a massive pay cut? What if you could experience peace and focus without putting your child on medication, right? What if you could enjoy fresh fruits and veggies year round without going to the grocery store? Yeah. 
And then we tell them it's possible. And then the last thing that you can do is to create a common enemy. And there's more in the book, but the last one that I love is to create a common enemy. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Man, you just talked about getting along. <laughs> you know, you went on a diatribe there. Like it's the us versus them mentality. If you look at this, and I know you know this is in the author space, there's a reason why archetypal enemies exist in virtually every religion. Every religion has an enemy, whether it's Satan or pride, like it doesn't matter, right? There's an enemy. And I give some examples in the book, what we call revolutionary leaders. And we're tying these leaders into being a leader to your audience, to your tribe, in your business. We talk about leaders like Jesus. His enemies were the religious leaders. Gandhi, colonialism, oppression, right? Martin Luther King Jr., racism, discrimination. Nelson Mandela, you know, apartheid. Steve Jobs, even. We talk about Steve Jobs. It was the status quo. If you remember the 1984 Super Bowl commercial, the yeah. enemy of Steve Jobs was the status quo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's a ton more of these examples about how to be a champion, but it really, those are my five favorites at least. I love those. Now I cannot believe how quickly this is going. So I want to make <laughs> sure we get to talk a little bit about the other side because I sometimes hear, oh, well, affiliate marketing doesn't work anymore. Or like, there's so many people, especially with like launching a book, right? Mm. Because there was that period where it was like, that was the crux of the Amazon bestseller programs that were really popular. And so I'd love to hear you speak to that. Like, how do you, well, first speak to that. And then maybe you could go into a little bit about how you even select and approach affiliates. Because I think that that's a whole nother, just a tiny taste. Yeah. But, I mean, what would you say? That's a whole other episode we got to do. I know. I, uh, I, this is what I'm I, like cramming in so much. Okay. I got to slow down. But let's start with. What do you say when people say, well, affiliate marketing doesn't work anymore? Yeah, there's a whole 45 minute episode. Reasons. I can teach everybody the playbook for getting affiliates for your book because it's the reason why we've launched so many bestsellers. All right. Okay, so what's I the question? To back on, Matt. So you now do, you, you do. Now you've just After my book releases, I got to come back. Later, we'll get good each other. Here's what this. we can okay. do, actually. I think you on the spot. I can come back and share it with everyone how we did it. You know, we have almost, yeah. uh, we have over 500 people promoting the book. Hell yeah. um, we'll pay out a lot in affiliate commissions and all that. Okay. So what's the question? Yeah. I apologize. I got distracted. The question is, what do you say to people ADD. who say, well, affiliate marketing doesn't work anymore. It's just uh, one of those the internet numbers. marketing things that has been yeah. overdone. I'd say three things. Number one, go look at the numbers. It's growing at an annual rate of 10 to 12% per year, every year, with the exception of 2020, when it grew by 35%. <laughs> Most stuff that exploded in 2020 leveled off in 2021 and 2022. Affiliate marketing is still growing by 10 to 12% a year. So it has been growing at a pace of 10 to 12% every year since 1999. Wow. With few exceptions. Early 2000s, it grew substantially. And one of those things when you're live on a podcast and you realize your charger fell out of your laptop, um, <laughs> we'll get that plugged in there. So we, guys, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years and I'm still always find a way to mess something up. Um, <laughs> so, but I mean, look at that. Like there've been a few years where it's grown by more than 10%. Mm -hmm. Every other year, it's not grown by less than 10% any year for 23 consecutive years. Okay. If I look at that and go, wow, it's been on that kind of a pace. What would make me think that it's going to suddenly fall off the cliff in the next 10? Statistically, it's not likely to. Right. If you go back and look at any company stock price that grew by a rate greater, more than 50% greater than the S&P 500. So I think it's like, we're talking 16% or more for more than 10 years. And then you look at the next 10 years, 90% of those companies still beat the S&P 500 the next 10 years. That's what good companies and good industries do. When they're growing, they keep growing. They don't just suddenly fall, 
Okay. So that's number one. Look at the numbers. Number two, go to Google and type in affiliate marketing is dead or affiliate marketing is dying. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to change the search results to 2005 okay. and then 2006 and then 2007, 2008. You will see articles every single year saying yeah. the same thing. Right. Here's the deal. If they've been wrong for 17 years, what makes you think <laughs> they're going to be right in year 18? It's like Zig Ziglar said, economists are good for one thing. They have successfully predicted 22 of the last two recessions. If you right. say something every year, maybe, maybe eventually they might, and then they're going to go, look, I was right. Well, you were wrong the 37 times before dipstick, you know, right. so that's number two. They've been saying it for 17 years. So when you hear this, just know they've been saying it for 17 plus years and they've been wrong every year. So they're going to be wrong in eight year, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24. Number three, just look at who's doing it. Okay. It's all the people that you know. Look at who has affiliate <laughs> programs, all the biggest companies, Walmart, Target, all the biggest entrepreneurs, Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Jeff Walker, Lewis House, all have affiliate programs. So if all the big names are doing it, and I'm not one of those people who says, well, if all your friends are jumping off a bridge, you should too. But there's a lesson to be learned if literally everyone, notice your mom said, if all your friends, she didn't say, well, if the 100 biggest companies in the world are doing it, maybe you should, you know, would you do it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) If all the big companies that can feasibly do one, I don't expect an oil and gas company to do it, but if all the big online businesses and all the big online entrepreneurs, all the big podcast hosts, all the big authors, if they're all doing one thing, would you do it? Right. Would you do it? If they're all on TikTok, would you get on TikTok? Yes. Okay. But here's the deal. They're not all on TikTok, about right. half of them. So that tells me <laughs> there's some variance there just because right. that one person is, no, I would not do it. Mm-hmm. But if literally every single one of them is doing it, there's got to be something there. Success leaves clues. Yeah. And that's a big clue it's leaving. So those three things, I mean, it just, it and, shoots And I want to plus what you're saying too, because every single person that you mentioned, it's not like they came from great wealth or they came in with a lot of great resources. I mean, every single person you mentioned is a self-made success, right? Yeah. And so it's not like we're looking at a variance of, you know, a lot, if they all came in with already yeah, sure. extraordinary advantages. Yeah. I mean, affiliates in many cases built those businesses. That's what you know, I'm built Jeff Walker's business. It's built our business. It's built a lot of our clients' businesses. A lot of our clients, I mean, these are all people, even the ones that like we don't lead with the Tony Robbins and the Jeff Walkers and the Michael Hyatt's of the world, the Chandler Bolts of the world, the Nick Stevenson's of the world. These are people that are industry leaders with lists over a hundred thousand people. Now, when we started working with them, they had less than 10,000. Mm. You know, in many cases we helped them 10 X their list in a matter of six months. And the point there is like, they were nobodies effectively. You don't have to be a somebody to start with it. Yeah. If you came in, if so-and-so didn't have an affiliate program and they're doing 10 figures already and we came in, would it grow faster than, of course it would. (laughs) For one, we've just got a lot more money to throw around. Sure. But the point is like anybody can start this. It's the absolute best way. I don't want to set unrealistic expectations, but the great thing about it is you don't have to spend money up front. You know, Zuckerberg takes your money before he sends you any clicks. Not so with affiliate marketing. It's the best way. It is, right? You're only sending checks, writing checks if people actually made sales. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. All right. Turn your passions into profits. Released January 2023. So right around the corner. 
before yeah. I let you go, I'm going to ask you my final question, my signature last question, which is what have I not asked you that you would love to answer? Wow. Um, spot. <laughs> it's the author's corner. I don't know. Ask me how I got a book deal. How did you get a book deal? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to. The only reason that that came to mind was I'm thinking I love it. benefit yeah. authors. And I think there's a lesson here. I've never really talked about this publicly, but there's a lesson here. Originally with this book, it was a passion project, ironically, with the title, with stuff that we've been teaching for 10 years. How do you turn this idea, this message, the whole premise of the book hinges around the idea that the world needs your message. The world needs your message, but it's not going to wait for it. The world needs your message, but it's going to move on without it. Okay. It's going to move on without you. It's going to find somebody else to give that message. So it should be you because you are uniquely qualified to get your message to your audience, whoever that is, whether that's because you're a woman and everybody else in the industry is a man, whether it's because you're going to do a podcast and everybody else is doing video, whether it's because you've got experience, you've been divorced and everybody else in that niche is married. Okay. Like these are just all way, like there's a million different ways. We have a whole chapter about standing out. Mm. And I talked a little bit about like even how to use your disadvantages to stand out. Right. Mm-hmm. But I came into this with, I want to have a book that I can hand out at conferences and you know, we'll sell a couple thousand copies and it'll be a nice little lead magnet, a great business card. All true. Uh-huh. All still true of my book. And I was on the phone with somebody. I was a day away from signing a contract, it's a very small publisher. And I was going to sign it the next day. And I told her and I was really excited. And she's like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait for what? What are you talking about? She's like, let me introduce you to my agent friend. And uh, so I talked to Kevin Anderson two weeks later said, Hey, remember how you said your dream publisher was Ben Bella? Because if you look at my bookshelf, Pat Lencioni, Gino Wickman, David Finkel, like my bookshelf is full of books published by Ben Bella. Yeah. They're terrific. I said, he said, I got a call with them. Let's talk to him. A week later, we signed a contract yeah. and it was because somebody believed bigger than I believed. That's the lesson. So here's yeah. the thing. Number one, you need people who believe bigger than you. If anybody believes less than you, they need to be out of your life. Like you can see them at Thanksgiving. All right. But you got to have those negative people just get them out of your life. You've been told that a thousand times, but you've probably never done it. So that's number one. Number two, you got to believe bigger yourself. So I didn't believe big enough because I just didn't know it was possible. And she convinced me and Kevin convinced me and Ben Bella convinced me when they said, when we got the contract and it had the number on there, when he emailed me and said, we're going to order our first print run is going to be this big. I took a hard gulp and took some Pepto-Bismol. And then I said, you know what? Let's do it. And I talked to my team and said, Hey guys, here's a great problem to have. What if we did so well with this launch that we ran out of books Yeah. instead of me being scared of a number? I went, what if we made them run out of books? Mm. How cool would that be? What if they lost money on the second run because they had to rush print them? <laughs> Not my problem. I'm still getting the royalties. Right, so right. <laughs> what if we made that happen? How cool would that be? And so that's it. And I mean, you can get the book anywhere. You go to Amazon, go to Target, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million. Like if they sell books, they sell my book. Yeah. But the best place, guys, to go get it is passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash Robin. So R O B I N. Uh, guys, if you go there, we've got tons of special goodies for you. We didn't even get a chance to like ideal customer avatar. We talked about that in the book. We have a whole training that you get as a bonus. We've got an email marketing masterclass and tons of other goodies, guys. If you go to passionsintoprofitsbook.com forward slash Robin, I'm sure she'll put that in the show notes for you guys. Use that URL by there and you can claim those bonuses. Awesome. Well, that's fantastic. I didn't even know you were going to say that. So that is lovely. And I'm sure our listeners will be 
thrilled to uh, take you up on that. And I just am so happy for you. I love the story of how you got to work with Ben Bella. And they are one of my favorite indie presses. They're really terrific. So oh, I'm sure cool. they're treating you well. Yep, they're um, amazing. Yeah. And we wish you the best of luck. And I am absolutely going to have you back to talk about how you launch your book once it's out. And I'm sure we'll be hearing about some fantastic results. So Matt, thank you once again for being with us on The Author's Corner. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.